Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. You've tuned in to Sci-Fi Fidelity, Episode 38, The Trisha Helfer Interview. Welcome back to the podcast, everybody. We're very excited to be sharing this interview edition of the podcast with you because this one's a big one to start off 2019. Trisha Helfer. Who would have thought, Dave, we would ever be interviewing Trisha Helfer on this show? Oh, man. Tell me about it. That's a dream come true. And of course, she had to talk about Battlestar Galactica, which normally would be something like if we had been interviewing her before she came on Lucifer, for example, or some other sci-fi show, some genre show that she was going to be in, we might have thrown in a Battlestar Galactica question. But Trisha Helfer was actually doing her own rewatch podcast starting in December. It really was just a fortuitous event that Trisha Helfer is going to tell us all about how this podcast came to be in this interview. And it was such a great opportunity to talk to her about how she felt about the character, how she felt about the show and what kind of guests we can expect to hear from on her podcast, which gosh, if they go through the whole series, Dave, don't you think it's going to last most of 2019, if not beyond? Oh, it would have to. Absolutely. (laughs) I mean, they've got like 88 episodes, I think something like that. That's crazy. So because Dave does review Lucifer for Den of Geek, we also had to sneak in a couple of Lucifer questions in on the interview. And I think she was more than happy to talk about that show as well, even though she's not coming back for season four, sadly. But it's a great opportunity for you guys to hear about this podcast and hopefully add it to your own listening list. So let's go ahead and take a listen to our interview with Trisha Helfer. This actually was done before some of the episodes that you can now catch of the episode, including the one with Katie Sackhoff and the one with Michael Hogan in it. Those have actually already aired and she's sort of teasing them in this interview a little bit, but there are plenty of guests that she's going to talk about in the interview as well that we can look forward to. So let's go ahead and listen to the interview that we had with her in December. Well, we're quite honored to be joined today by Trisha Helfer, who's here to talk to us about her new Battlestar Galactica rewatch podcast, Battlestar Galacticast which she co-hosts with journalist and writer Mark Bernardin. Welcome to the podcast, Tricia. Well, thank you. I'm happy to talk to you. All right. Well, Battlestar Galacticast is kind of a unique project in that it's structured like a fan podcast, like those that Mike and I have done for a number of years now. But the fact that one of its hosts is a star of the show puts an interesting twist on things. So can you tell us a little bit about the podcast's origins and what your experience has been like recording episode by episode? been a lot of fun it was um it was just this sort of idea that mark and i thought up probably gosh maybe a little over a year ago we gotten to know each other through the years uh not well but you know in passing and he, he had moderated a couple of battlestar panels over the years and and more recently some lucifer panels at comic-con and and you know of course he hosts a podcast with kevin smith and and so we found ourselves in London at a science fiction convention, 
and we were just backstage chatting, taking a taking a break uh, in the green room, as we do, right? All the you know writers, artists, talent, uh, actors, whatever. We all have our schedules, so that at some point there's always somebody in the green room, right? <laughs> and um, I was sitting at a table eating some lunch, and John Carroll Lynch came up, a wonderful actor and wonderful guy, came up and. He was there chatting. He was like, I just got to say, I was a big fan of Battlestar Galactica. And here I am looking at him going, what? Like, I'm a fan of you. Like, <laughs> um, and we were, we were just chatting and, and talking about life and stuff. And then, and then when we talked about Battlestar, I was like, you know, it's been so long. I've got to go back and watch it. I said, I've never really done a proper watching of it. I said, I've seen every episode, but, you know, sometimes there were rough cuts or maybe not all the CGI was done or maybe the final edit wasn't in and, so I really got to do that, I, it, you know, and, and Mark piped in from across the table. He's like, well, if you're going to do that, maybe we should do a podcast about it. And that's how it just sort of started. And then I went, oh, okay. And I didn't really know too much about podcasts. I mean, I know, I know them obviously, but I wasn't a huge uh, listener. And, and so we just decided we would do it. And at first him and I, the, the miniseries, the two that have actually aired so far, we're just him and I, we bought our own equipment and, and hooked it all up in our, thank gosh, Mark has a better technological brain than I do. Cause I just looked at the equipment like it was, <laughs> I, I would do better changing a tire and changing oil in your car than looking at how to plug in a microphone onto the soundboard. But, and we were, you know, we kind of recorded a couple. We recorded that one and, and 33 with Katie Sackoff. And then I think a live one with Michael Hogan before we really even knew where we were going to put it, there was some thought of, you know, just putting it out ourselves and, and whatever. And then, and then Mark said, well, why don't I talk to sci-fi? And he talked to sci-fi wire and they came on board and they were excited about it. And so it, it took a while just to get all the nuts and bolts in a row. And yeah, so they're excited about it. And then now we're, now we're in a flurry of taping to kind of now that, now that we've got the go, we've been taping almost every week and we're, we taped one last night, actually, or two nights ago, and uh, yeah, we're going to be airing weekly through the first season and, and hopefully beyond that. I was going to say, because you have quite a library to get through, but I noticed that you do have on your Instagram, there's a picture of you and Mark recording, and you've got your legal pad full of notes, which kudos for that, because <laughs> you know you really have to have what you're going to say in front of you, and I, I just couldn't wait to nerd out a little bit about uh, about podcasting with you because I'm just so impressed that you were able to put this thing together and have it make, make it sound like it's an actual fan podcast with, of course, some behind the scenes and special guests like you mentioned. Can you tease a couple other ones that are in the pipeline that maybe you haven't even recorded yet? Because I can sense that you have some in the can already, but are there more in the works? Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, just a little bit about the, the start of what you said. I'm definitely an, a notes person. I, I, I've watched, I would watch each episode before we taped it just so it was fresh in my mind and Mark would as well. And he's, he's definitely more the analytical mind behind it and he'll come to it with the themes and the, and I come into it with just things will spark my memory and I'll write things down. But yeah, we, we both come with our notes. And then I play the episode on in the background on silent just so that we can kind of somewhat, we don't watch it while we're talking, but it's on in the background. So it can kind of just spur mm -hmm. yeah. some discussion. And then, and then we also have a sound engineer, Alec, that's also 
so the, the, he's tweaked the first couple that we did on our own just to make sure they sound a little bit better. And now he's, you know, he's dropping in some of the quotes of things that we talk about and things. So we're a little bit more professional than the first couple that we did. But, um, uh, yeah, so we had, we definitely wanted Katie for 33 and we've got Michael Hogan in a live episode. That's actually going to air next, next, uh, which happens to be Christmas day. So we didn't want to do a specific, I mean, of course with podcasts, you don't, you can watch, you can listen to it more than just on the, when it actually drops. Right. But, um, uh, yeah, it, it's not episode specific because it was at a, it was actually at a convention that the three of us were at. And so it was a live panel. So there's an, a live audience and it, a lot of it is focused on Michael Hogan because he was, he was there with us. So it's, it's less episode specific. Right. Um, so that's going to be, I think a really fun episode. And then we have a couple where it's just Mark and I talking again, and then recently we've had Tom O'Pennicott come in. Oh, great. Um, it wasn't necessarily an episode that was so much about his character. It was ramping up his character <laughs> for the next one. But, you know, I think that's one thing fun about Battlestar is we all loved the show. So we, we were all invested in it, even if it wasn't necessarily our character-centric episode. And lo and behold, Rekha Sharma, who lives in Vancouver, just happened to be in L.A., and she texted me. She's like, I'm like five minutes from your house. I'm coming over. And I'm like, I'm about to start a Battlestar two episode taping. And she's like, I'm in. <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> your character's not even around yet. <laughs> <laughs> so she came in uh, for the one with Tomo. And then she stayed around as well for the next one that we taped afterwards. And uh, again, so she was, you know, she, she doesn't say too much in it just because she wasn't in the, in the show, but those two were maybe possible. That one was maybe possibly a little boozy episode just because <laughs> looking you know, forward two, to it. <laughs> two taping and she was around and we were, you know, we were, had the wine flowing. So those ones may be a little bit more fun and a little <laughs> bit more analytical, but I think that's what's fun about a podcast is, you know, we change it up a little bit each time. And, and so we just taped litmus this week and we're back to the, uh, let's, let's be a little bit more <laughs> about the scenes of the show yeah. in the second half of what we have yet to plan. What we're starting back up in January for our, our taping schedule. We definitely have some others planned that we, uh, that we want to bring by. Uh, we don't have dates for them yet, but um, you know, I think there's one that we want to bring Eddie uh, Edward James almost by for. Ooh. And in each season, if we go on for the, the next seasons we'll we'll revisit some of the same character guests. It's not like, oh, you're on right. once, you can never be on again, you know? <laughs> yeah. But, you know, Michael Truco will be on at one point, but his character's not around yet, so we'll wait till he comes around. And um, James Callis, for sure. And uh, Bear McCreary did our music. He did a little, as a favor to us, he did um, our little blurb of music for the podcast. Oh, okay. So we'd love to have have him on and talk about uh, music heavy episode or just in general and um, all along the watchtower should be when <laughs> bear comes in I think that'd be my yes, suggestion that's a, good, that's a good one exactly so um, and in terms of the writers we thought well if we get Ron if Ron comes on and plays with us then we'll we'll see if some of the other writers want to come along and and play as well but um, but you know Mark and I just have a good rapport and we just kind of riff off each other it's it's a very freestyle you know we come in with our notes 
his definitely based more in themes and and so forth and mine mine's a little more off the cuff but we both just riff off each other really oh yeah one of us will bring up a topic or, or and we'll discuss it and then we'll happen to then i'll say something that happened funny story that happened or whatever and we'll go on that for a while and then we'll see what's happening on the screen at the moment and then go there so it's it's for podcast watchers i don't know if the the format ends up being kind of all over the place or no, not at all not at all a, <laughs> a fun a fun ride no yeah and mark does a great job of of getting those thematic things in there i think that's pretty cool and then your behind the scenes stories it's a good mix good glad to hear now both in this podcast and in interviews and video clips we've seen of you at fan conventions you seem to have found a comfort level with the iconic status of caprica six was it difficult knowing that some will only see you as the blonde in the red dress, even to the point of forgetting the importance of the other versions of number six you played in BSG or other outings such as Ascension, Killer Women or Lucifer? You know, at one point it was kind of like, I mean, Battlestar was my first series. I'd been acting for a year and it was my first series, my first real solid gig. And, and I got really lucky being part of such a production that not only withstands the test of time, so to speak, but also, you know, was critically uh, acclaimed. And, and I mean, I have a Peabody on myself because of it. You know, I think, right, yeah. I think some of the acting like Mary and Eddie were overlooked in any categories and things, but those are usually overlooked for sci-fi type things. But I've never been ashamed of the show. I've always been extremely grateful and proud of the show. So it doesn't bother me that that may be my most recognizable roles. You know, I, I certainly hope that's not, that I continue <laughs> to work and do fun things. And, you know, the ones you mentioned were some that are in sort of the same genre. And I've, I've been lucky enough to do a lot outside of others. And, and quite often I find some of the fans of, of mine don't actually recognize me in other stuff. You know, they didn't know that I played the lawyer in 15 episodes of The Firm on NBC. They didn't know that that was me on Killer Woman on, you know, playing a Texas Ranger on ABC. Or they didn't know, you know, so it's hopefully I will be doing a lot of a, a lot of other things. And I have a, a long career ahead of me, I hope. But um, it doesn't bother me that Battlestar is one that people do recognize me from. I, I did get a little bit. A little bit bitchy, <laughs> if I could say that, at one convention. And I was just like, because I get asked at my table so many times, like, you know, we missed you on TV. And, you know, when are you going to do something else? And I'm like, I've been working constantly. Like, yeah, I mean, actors have their ups and downs. And, you know, maybe <clears throat> I think the longest I've ever not been on a show or something is six months. But that's normal for an actor. You know, I think if you're, sometimes if you're out there too much, it's not good. It's like over exposure, you know, and, but people just sometimes, I must have a chameleon face and with different hair, I change my hair color and cut all the time, you know, for roles. And I, if I have different makeup from more of a natural look to more of a done up look and, and then some people would say, Oh, I didn't know that was you. And so I think I'd had it just particularly a lot of times at this one, this one convention. And I was up on my panel <laughs> discussion and somebody got up and they basically alluded to the fact that I hadn't worked since 2008 since Battlestar ended. And they're like, when are you going to do other things? And I, 
And I'm like, I can't tell if this is a diss or if this person's <laughs> just ignorant or just, you know, uninformed. And I finally, I just went, you know what? I've worked consistently. I'm happy with my career. Would I like to be doing big studio movies? Sure. But I'm happy <laughs> with my career and I'm happy with my work-life balance. And I'm not going to sit up here and give you a, a list of everything I've been in. If you want to look and see where you've seen me past Battlestar Galactica or where you can find me, go to my IMDb and look at all my credits. And then, <laughs> then we can have a discussion. But so I did get a little bit corked because I was like, no, I actually, I actually have worked. I actually, I do, I do work as an actor. <laughs> well, maybe it's because, you know, Dave and I watch mostly genre television. So maybe people that solely watch that kind of stuff, missed out on seeing you on killer women, but right. I'm like, I've played tons of lawyers. I've played tons of serial <laughs> yeah. killers. I've played. Tons of- <laughs> we'll be right back with more of our interview with Trisha Helfer, but let's take a quick break and then we'll be right back into it. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from noom. Like Evan who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. But I think Lucifer really did change that in terms of the fan dynamic, because although probably fans are disappointed you won't be returning for season four, yours was a case where the chemistry was so great with your characters and you as an actor that the showrunners brought you back for a second season, even only when one was planned. And you played both lawyer Charlotte Richards and Lucifer's mother. And not that you might have a favorite, but which aspects of each character did you have the most fun with on Lucifer? Um, yeah, you're right. I, I was only supposed to be there for the second season to play Lucifer's mother. And they, they were such a great team. I had such an, a fun time working on that show and with that cast and crew. And so I knew, I knew early on in season two, like shortly after I'd started, they said, Hey, can we bring you back for another year? We've got an idea. So I said, sure. And so when I, you know, ultimately with Kara, with Charlotte's demise, which was planned, Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I got a lot of reaction of like, Oh my God, you must be so sad. You're fired. I'm like, no, I'm not. <laughs> I got a bonus year. I wasn't fired. I got a bonus year. I wasn't supposed to As be a whole here new this character. Oh, <laughs> uh, and I got a whole new character, which was a nice challenge. Um, it's hard to say which character I enjoyed more. You, you mentioned fun. Mm-hmm. Mom was definitely more fun. Yeah. Because <laughs> You know, especially in the beginning, it was like a fish out of water, and she, she, you know, she was learning from the intricacies of humans, and she detested humans, and so she could have this air of 
grandiosity or grandiosity or however you pronounce it in on her and and you know it, she's a little bit of the villain to the audiences but she wasn't she was just a mother that loved her children and wanted to be with them and and felt that she was right and it was you know uh, a disagreement with her ex and who can't relate to like divorce and issues with your children and so forth and um you're just talking about being celestial and and having a little bit more power and so so she was definitely more fun because you could just be the a little bit more manipulative and but then you also had the heartfelt scenes where you know she has to go down to heaven to save Lucifer and she yeah she mm-hmm. thinks you know so there was there was and she loses Uriel for for good and um so there was definitely uh it was a good mix of having those familial heart-wrenching moments and then also just some good old fun where she's discovering vodka and dancing on a and dancing <laughs> and dancing on a table and Lucifer comes and it horrifies Lucifer and so in terms of fun mom definitely was the winner there but Charlotte's journey was I found really interesting there were there were certain episodes where she was just kind of filler in there and I you know you could tell from those episodes there was really no reason that the character could stay around but I found her journey of being confused because I imagine being I hate to admit it but I've had one or two blackouts in my life from alcohol and um you know you wake up the next morning and you're like geez wonder what happened last night <laughs> yeah you know if you're at a party with friends or you're at your house or something and and you're like well that I shouldn't have done that but um you were surrounded by friends or whatever and I, again, hate to admit it, but not very often. But um, and so you could kind of relate to four months of that. Like here's this high-powered woman that her intellect is her key, and to have people saying she was doing weird things and not remembering it, but having these nightmares and um, and then trying to put on a brave face and pretend that nothing's wrong because the thought of anyone thinking that you're losing your mind is the the worst thing that you could think of. And so to see that and then to see it slowly, her slowly discovering of what the actual truth was and that she was in hell and that Lucifer and Amenadiel are real. And, and then to see her just kind of relapse into her old ways thinking, I got the angel and devil on my side. I can do anything. And then realizing that that's even worse for her redemption because it shows that she really is truly not a good person. And, and then ultimately in the end come around and give the ultimate sacrifice for life to save someone is, um, and to make it up to heaven instead of hell this time. It was, I thought it was a beautiful story, a beautiful ending to the character. And, you know, so there was a few scenes in there that were a lot of fun for me to play as an actor because I got to dig deep, you know, the scene in, yeah, in yeah. therapy when she, when she describes her hell, she finally opens up and describes her hell to Dr. Linda you know, it was a powerful scene. And then, of course, the, the ending and some of the stuff she got to do with Amenadiel. And uh, D.B. and I work really well together. And, and Tom and I, too. I mean, we, I just love that cast. So I thought it was a beautiful ending to the story. And there was no, there was real no reason for that character to be around again. Because, like, a D.A. <laughs> yeah. to come in and say one or two lines about a, a D.A. line that's not a show about a D.A. <laughs> Didn't really make sense. But I'm long-winded, sorry. But if, if I had to choose one, of course, Mom was more fun. But I did have some some good moments with Charlotte as well. Well, we'll certainly miss your character on Lucifer. We really enjoyed both Charlotte 
and Lucifer's mother. And I know when I covered Lucifer for Den of Geek, Charlotte's crisis of conscience, as you just alluded, was one of the most intriguing aspects of the show at that point. So certainly going to miss it. But we're very excited that we at least have Battlestar Galacticast to look forward to over the next several months. And it was such a great holiday present to end up 2018 with. So thanks so much, Trisha Helfer, for talking to us today about Battlestar Galacticast and Lucifer, too, of course. And you know how the name came about? I heard I, I listened to the podcast. So, yes, I do. <laughs> I, oh, I, I did I, hear about I that. I told it already. <laughs> Darn it. <laughs> you know, it's Tom Ellis's brainchild. <laughs> yeah. Lucifer and B- Battlestar meet in that origin story. So that's great. <laughs> yes. And talking about guests, Tom has said he's going to come on at some time. So. Oh, well, that'll be great. Definitely something to look forward to. It may be a second season because he's in London right now with his kids because they're not filming right now. So uh, we may have finished all the episodes by the time he gets back, but oh, then well. <laughs> uh, he'll be in for season two for sure. He's, he's, he said he would love to come on. So. Well, that, that's exciting. And we can't wait to hear all the guest stars that you have in store for us. Thanks again. Thank you so much. All right. So what a great interview with Trisha Helfer. We really enjoyed talking to her about this. And I just listened to the episode with Katie Sackhoff recently. And I know by the time this podcast actually is released, there's going to be plenty more to enjoy as well. So uh, if you guys haven't been enjoying uh, Battlestar Galacticast yet, I hope this was enough to persuade you to download it and get it on your phones right away. (laughs) So what's up next week, Dave? What do we got on on tap? Next up is going to be The Passage, which is going to premiere on Fox January 14th. And it's a show that looks like it's got a lot of the things that we like in genre TV. So I'm excited. Yeah. And it's going to be out for a week, I think, before we actually release our podcast. So you should have plenty of time to watch the premiere. We're only going to be talking about the one episode. So take a look at it and see what you think of it and then join us for the discussion. But I hope you enjoyed this interview edition of Sci-Fi Fidelity. But that's going to be it for this episode. Keep the discussion going on social media. You can follow Den of Geek on Twitter and Facebook at Den of Geek US. And we are at Sci-Fi Fidelity. And in the meantime, we'd love it if you could rate and review this podcast wherever you access it. Be sure to send us your suggestions for future topics on social media or send us an email at sci-fi fidelity at gmail.com. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you next week. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.